peace with the comfort of our care. Knowing peace with the comfort of our care. Knowing peace with the comfort of our care. It's dear valley hospice care. Yeah. It's dear valley hospice care. Join us for stories of healing, hope, and the hospice journey, a conversational series that delves into various topics surrounding hospice care. Each episode features experienced practitioners from a range of services at Deer Valley Hospice Care, providing valuable insights and information. Whether you're interested in learning more about the practices of hospice or in need of support, this podcast is intended for anyone, anywhere. We're going to start this episode talking about the good. Hospice can provide a great deal of comfort and support to families in need. It allows patients to spend their final days in the comfort of their own home, surrounded by loved ones. Hospice professionals provide emotional and spiritual support to patients and their families, helping them to cope with the end of life journey. The good of hospice is that families can feel at ease knowing their loved ones are receiving compassionate care and support during their final days. So, Miss Potts, I understand that you have a couple of different experiences with um, having a family member in hospice care. Can you share the good experience that you've had? Hello, my name is Rhonda Potts. I'm the intake coordinator here at Deer Valley Home Health, and I just wanted to share some of my experiences with the good and the bad of hospice care. Well, the good experience was the fact that I had to place my aunt on hospice. And fortunately for us, the hospice care that she received, that extra attention, that extra care, that extra loving on, she was able to come off hospice and improve. She's doing quite well. She still lives at home. And the fact that the hospice nurses were so diligent and caring on how they took care of her, like I said, she improved. She's off hospice and doing much, much better. But the fact that I know that the hospice care is there is very, very comforting to me and my family. How did you choose the hospice provider? Well, I chose Deer Valley Hospice because I was utilizing their home health services for my mother and my sister. And they've got an exceptional home health services through Deer Valley Home Health. So there was a no-brainer for me to continue on with Deer Valley for her hospice services. And I've been nothing but pleased ever since I made that great decision. That's wonderful. And I know that that is one of the benefits of Deer Valley is having that continuum of care. And, you know, particularly a lot of the clients already have relationships with the caregivers. So it makes perfect sense to also allow Deer Valley Hospice to provide their care. The other question that I have for you is, what advice would you give for those that are eligible for hospice? 
Well, considering when I first started on this journey for hospice, my sister, so many years ago, needed hospice services. I wasn't aware of hospice, what all the services entailed. So reflecting back, I can clearly see that the hospice service that my family chose for her at the time, they weren't giving good care. They didn't communicate well with our family the way Deer Valley Hospice does. There were no nurses calling. There was no follow-up after my sister passed. The hospice company now with Deer Valley Hospice, they have a chaplain. They follow up. They they not only encompass the services for the, the client, but also for caring on the family, care for the family as well. That was not received, but I didn't know what hospice was, um, the services that hospice provides. Now that I'm aware, I really feel like my sister was cheated, my family was cheated, and the the most that they told us they could provide for her is just keeping her comfortable. Well, there's more to keeping her comfortable. What about her family's comfort? We need to know mentally, is she okay? Was she in pain? what's going on with her. Nothing was ever communicated to our family as far as her care, other than we're just trying to keep her comfortable. Now that I'm dealing with a a hospice company that actually is doing all of the services, I feel much more at ease. I feel much more comfortable recommending someone to look into hospice because it's not as negative, I think, as people make it out to be. Of course, there is some adjustment when you're thinking about this may be the last time I see my family member. These may be their last days. But why wouldn't you want them to have the most comfort and the most care in their last days? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. And I'm glad you shared that ultimate, you know, compliment that a person can give is someone like you. And I'm pretty sure I know your integrity that you wouldn't just refer Deer Valley Hospice if you honestly didn't feel that they provided exceptional care to your loved one. Absolutely not. And I'm going to tell you, my mother had to go on hospice and unfortunately she was in a facility. It is a well-known nursing facility with a well-known hospice company. Company, and her experience was not pleasant. Mm-hmm. I had to wind up calling the state on the facility. She was mistreated. And after going through that with my family, I'm a warrior for my clients mm-hmm. because I want them to have as good of an experience going through this as possible because I know from my own personal experience what it's like when you're dealing with the challenges of a family member that is transitioning and then you have people that are supposed to be caring and providing great service and they're not and they're being abused so I went through that as well and trust me I'm very diligent about recommending places and people to my clients and people that ask me for recommendations if I don't want to deal with them, I'm not going to recommend. Shared a little bit about the next part of this this episode, which is the bad, but I would like to also share a good experience that I had with hospice care with my mother and growing up in the church and being a woman of faith, I think that learned a few things about hospice that actually wasn't started off not good, you know, because I would see in our bulletin the sick and shut in and, and you know, who was on hospice care and my grandmother would see those that are on hospice and she would, it was like a sense of urgency. I need to see Sister Sister Smith like yesterday. And so growing up with that, I was thinking, oh my goodness, once they are in hospice, time is ticking. When 
I was confronted with hospice when my mom had a terminal illness. I remember from the social worker, I looked at her and I said, absolutely not. Of course, being a woman of faith and I'm, you know, I believe in the, the power of healing. My response to her was that my mother was not going to transition, even though I knew her prognosis was very poor. And so I told her no. And she said, well, think about it and I'll call you back. And so when she called me back, they're doing a little research because, of course, people don't know are not proactive in doing research about hospice until you need hospice. It's not something that we just do research on. But I did. I looked at hospice care. And when I spoke with her, she said, well, you know, if your mom gets better, she can be discharged. That was another thing that I didn't know. I thought once you're on hospice, it's, you can never get off. And so when she told me that, I said, oh, really? I said, okay, let's try it. And in retrospect, it was probably one of the best things that I had, that I did, not only for my mom, but for me, because you know, when a person is transitioning, their body is going through some things and I'm not a medical professional. So for me, I may be thinking that my mom's suffering when actually this is just the natural process of an individual that is transitioning. I opted not to have the the social worker or the chaplain or even the aide, which you know, another thing that people don't realize that all of those services are available. But if you choose not to have those services, then you don't have to. So I just had a nurse and I was able to call him. My mom was only on hospice probably less than a week. But the night that she was transitioning, I was hearing all these gurgling sounds and all of that. And so I called him and he was there within the hour because I believe they have to be there within the hour. He was there. He answered every single question that I had. He comforted me and made me feel at ease that she was not struggling. And when she transitioned, he cleaned her. He he called the mortuary. He called the medical, the state director. He did everything. It gave me a peace of mind for him to be there during her last moments. And I cannot imagine family going through that by themselves not having that professional there to answer those questions and to be there and to reassure them that what you're seeing is natural. So it ended up starting not so good. And that was just basically from what I grew up understanding in my church. And also at no point of time, because like I've said, I am a woman of faith, but at no point of time did I ever think that accepting hospice was denouncing faith. I knew that whatever God planned that he had for my mom was going to happen, whether I had hospice or whether I didn't have hospice, especially when I was able to fully understand what hospice was. So it turned out to be a as much of a positive experience that you can have losing a mother, but I am so grateful. And that was actually the reason why I had spent a year trying to get into the hospice profession. And so it was from that experience that I decided to become a hospice consultant and to use my experience and to use what I learned to educate the the masses about the benefits of hospice was a journey that was 
was a learning experience and I don't regret getting into hospice as my occupation because I think that I've been able to resonate with people to say that I've been there and I understand. That's my experience with the good and so. Introducing Old Henry Soul Food Restaurant, where delicious meals meet a warm and welcoming atmosphere. Listen to all five episodes of our podcast and collect the word of the day for a chance to win a dinner date for four at Old Henry's. Don't miss out on this opportunity to experience the soulful flavors of Old Henry. Submit your answers in the form within our bio and join us for a night of great food and even better company. The word of the day for this episode is dignity. I'm going to talk about the the other part of hospice because everyone has not had you know, a positive experience with hospice, but our goal in this episode is to be transparent and hope that people will learn what questions to ask, how to choose a hospice agency for their loved ones, and much more. So we're going to into the bad. And I understand, Ms. Potts, that you also have experiences the bad. I have. I have. And as you were speaking, I was reflecting back on the fact that my mother was able to receive comforting care from the chaplain from Deer Valley. She looked forward to those visits. They were very Mm -hmm. uplifting for her. And unfortunately, as time went on with the COVID and the pandemic, I was not allowed to visit her. But the hospice caregivers were. Mm -hmm. So she still was able to have a human connection, that caring that I couldn't be there to provide and Mm -hmm. things that I was not able to say to her directly they still were able to let my mom know even though we're not able to come in and see you we're thinking of you we're talking with you we go hang out at her window Mm -hmm. to go say hi and visit but the fact that I was comforted because I knew someone was physically able to go and hold her hand when I was not or just give her some words of encouragement when I was not physically able to be in the room with her. Mm-hmm. That helped me tremendously because I was not able to be there, as I said, because of the pandemic, to be there when she transitioned. But the fact that those caring nurses were there for her, that offered me some comfort. Mm -hmm. But the ugly part of the experience that I had stemmed back from initially with my sister, like I said, not treated with much dignity or respect. When I would go to visit, she'd be in the room by herself 99% of the time. And because of the fact, I think they knew that she was transitioning. At one time, they were handing her a little too rough and she was clearly in pain, screaming Mm -hmm. from pain. And I had to step in and say something. So I would, my, my recommendation, if they aren't caring And if you don't get the sense of caring and empathy, that's not the place for you. Because this is not the time in someone's life where they need someone who won't have understanding, won't have empathy, won't have patience. This is the kind of field where you need a person who has those attributes. And everyone that I've run across with the Deer Valley Hospice has had those qualities. And I feel quite comfortable with my family members being taken care of by them. 
And the one thing that I wanted to piggyback on what you had said, too, about with the hospice, sometimes we forget is it's not just the actual physical caring that the nurses do. Mm-hmm. It's the other things, the, the ancillary things that come along with the hospice. They do follow up and call and check on the family. They do send out words of encouragement. They do call and say, hey, are you okay today? Mm-hmm. Those things are vitally important because as caregivers and as family members, we are under a tremendous amount of stress. And you're trying not to show it to that person that's transitioning and you trying to put on this brave face. Mm-hmm. And so you need some help in the background too. And what I loved was getting all of that care and sometimes just even opening the mail and they'd send an uplifting poem or uh, just a a little note, words of encouragement. That meant so much to me because many a day, it was on the day when I was feeling down and depressed. So it's not just the physical care that the person is receiving. It's the care for the whole family. And I think people don't understand hospice is not just for the person that's transitioning. It helps the family as well. I certainly agree. And what do you what would you say to family that is with a hospice agency and the person is not getting the best hospice care? I think a lot of them might not even be aware that you can change hospice companies. Yeah, and I've run across that in my work in intake that people are not aware that they have an opportunity to make a choice. They can mm-hmm. choose to go where they want to. A lot of times I'm finding that people are assigned to hospice company when they're in the hospital mm-hmm. like the larger hospitals around town and they have automatically placed them with their hospice company. And if that's their choice, that's fine. But personally I think you have the right to choose. You need to choose. Is this person is this company uh, culturally sensitive to me? I'm African American. There are some people that are just not comfortable with dealing with people outside of their own race, and that's just not for African Americans. I have a lot of white clients that prefer dealing with white agencies or right. white caregivers, just on a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Asians, Koreans, I see it. Hispanics, so I'm not offended by that. Most people are more comfortable with their own people. Yes, but. I don't limit that outlook. If someone specifically wants a black agency, we are here to serve. And I think if a person could do a little digging, if normally people who are on hospice also are also on home health because they cannot care for themselves any longer. Look at how they're treating your family member with the home health. Are they sending a caregiver out? Are they being proactive? Are they calling you? I'm sorry, Mrs. Jones, uh, the caregiver can't come today. We'll be sending you out a replacement. If you see that those things are not being done, then you certainly know they're not going to be able to fulfill your needs in hospice. And hospice is services that the person has to be there. There's no if, ands, or buts. The person has to be there. Make sure that they're reliable. Make sure that they have enough staff. Just do a little deep digging. Investigate. If they're not willing to answer questions, that's not the place for you. Absolutely. That is such a a good point and some some good nuggets to share with those that just as any other important health care decision, 
to do your due diligence and you have time. I know sometimes hospice is not received until the person is transitioning and sometimes you immediately have to make that decision. You know, however, if you have time or can make time to just call a few hospice companies, you can go on hospicecompare.com or you can ask family members just to get an idea because, you know, fortunately, with hospice, a lot of times you can't do it over again. So it's important to try to get it right the very first time. But even if you end up with an agency that is that is not compassionate, you can always call around and try to find another hospice agency, you know, have them come to the house. If they're not willing to come to the house and speak to the family, then you know that's a red flag and that's not a hospice company that you should go further with. They should be very willing to answer all of the family's questions, to to feel comfortable being around your family members. So that's some good information that you shared. I know I haven't had a bad personal experience with hospice care, but being in the hospice industry, of course, I have seen some situations that, that were bad. And I know a lot of it pertained to cultural insensitivity. One example that I remember was Caucasian social worker who wanted to hotline family member because that family member was smoking marijuana. And it's kind of like there are so many things that can be done. You're willing to communicate with the family, express your concerns, particularly if the person isn't smoking in front of a patient that might be on oxygen. Well, I understand that. But if it's just something that is being done outside of the room or outside and this, this social worker just didn't like, then, of course, the solution is not to hotline the family because that can cause a whole host of whole host of issues. And I think perhaps if that nurse, you know, was a little bit more compassionate, maybe that family member was doing it to relieve some nerves because they were that was the one of the ways to relieve the anxiety because their loved one was on hospice. Talking to that family member and expressing those concerns in a different way than threatening to hotline. So that's just a it was very insensitive and heard of other instances where the hospice, the family may not stay in a ideal part of town. And the hospice nurse, anyone, did not want to go at a certain time. And it causes more stress on the families and hospice takes place anywhere. And I think a a reputable and compassionate hospice agency understands that and are willing to go where they're needed, whatever part of town that family resides. We're going to go to the ugly. And in some cases, patients have experienced abuse from hospice care professionals. This is rare occurrence, but it highlights the importance of being vigilant and reporting any suspicious behavior. The ugly of hospice care is that some patients have experienced harm at the hands of those who are supposed to be providing them with care and support. Fortunately, I have not experienced this, but have you experienced this or have you heard of any instances of of abuse or suspicious behavior? 
my mother did suffer some abuse while she was on hospice at a facility. Mm-hmm. As I stated, I had to call the state in to get the situation remedied. The nurse that was the one doing the abuse was fired and some other people were written up, but they did address the issue. But that is the only, only incident of anything ever happening with the hospice. And I truly believe because the nurse was white and my mother was African-American, there was some racial overtones to what was done as well. And I do believe sometimes that because people are becoming more aware of cultural sensitivities, the differences between races and cultures, and there are just some things that aren't done. For me personally, I'm very happy with having a black hospice company. I'm very happy to know that I have an option that I'm not just stuck with dealing with this one company or this other company that won't take into consideration my mother is a human being. Yes. Her skin may be melanated, but she's a human being. Absolutely. She needs to be treated with dignity and respect. And that wasn't done. Yeah. And it made the whole experience just so ugly for me because of the fact that, as I stated, she was transitioning during the pandemic. So I was not allowed to be there when she took her last breath. I wasn't there to hold her hand. I wasn't there to tell her I love her. I got a phone call after everything was over. And that's just not how I would want anyone else's experience to be. Things have changed, of course, with COVID protocols. But the only solace I had out of that whole situation were the exceptional nurses and CNAs and caregivers that she had there that really went out of their way. They would call me if anything happened. They would do all kinds of extra things for her. They were just very caring people. But that one incident just marred that whole experience for me with her. But I would not discourage anyone from utilizing hospice, though. It is a very much a benefit. It was a benefit to my mom. It was a benefit to our family. And just knowing that she had that extra care, just it was it was a bomb for my spirit because I knew I couldn't do it. I couldn't be there to do it. But there were caring people that were taking good care of her. I remember Mrs. Taylor, the owner of Deer Valley Hospice, having a poor experience with poor care with her spiritual mom. I don't remember the specifics, but do you remember the ugly side of hospice that she experienced? Well, her ugly side of the hospice was that she was in pain and they weren't addressing her pain. And I must say that when I would bring up issues about my mom complaining about pain, it was addressed. I must say that they did address that. They didn't let her linger on. Or mm-hmm. if I said, well, my mom said, what's going on? What are you people doing? Blah, blah, blah. They were responsive. Okay. So I, I can't say that they let her dwell there in her bed in pain. Right. And that is abuse because the purpose of hospice, one of the main goals that is to provide pain relief, particularly you have individuals who have cancer and it's metastasizing their bones for the hospice 
you know, nurse or, you know, the medical director and the team need to do to control that pain. That is, that's why the hospice team is there so that these families and this hospice patient can transition with their pain managed. There are any families out there where their loved one on hospice and the person is still in excruciating pain, then that is something that hospice agency need to address because there are many, many options that they have to manage pain. In conclusion, and thank you so very much, Spots, for sharing the story. And I know that can open up some old painful wounds and it's emotional. And thank you for sharing it with our, our listeners because that's our goal. We want to to be honest. So welcome. And as I said, I had some good and bad experiences with hospice, but overall, I would recommend hospice to anyone. I think it's a benefit. I think it's a benefit for the, the person receiving the services. I think it's a benefit for the family. In my instance, it really was um, just like a blessing for, from God because he had these people stand in my stead when I was not able to do so. Mm-hmm. They offered her some comfort. They offered her some love. They offered her some caring that I was not able to do because of the circumstances. And just knowing that, it just... It takes away some of the pain and the anger that I was feeling because of how the situation with my mom played out. But having that, and even today, when I get those letters still from the hospice, they'll send me a brochure or a flyer or a newsletter, how are you? That still lifts my spirit. It makes me feel good because I know that those people truly cared about her. They really took what their job entails seriously. This is a job where you have to have compassion and empathy, and I was shown that. And I certainly hope that anyone else who would want to be or have to have that tough choice of putting their family member on hospice would have that experience as well. Well, thank you for sharing. Thank you. And in conclusion, hospice care can provide comfort and support to families during an otherwise difficult time. However, it's important to choose a reputable hospice care provider and be vigilant to ensure that your loved one is receiving the care they deserve. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And if you found this episode informative, please subscribe, like, and follow for more content. I hope you will join us for our next episode of Stories of Healing, Hope, and the Hospice Journey, where Keisha Mason, Executive Director of Heart and Soul Hospice from Nashville, Tennessee, and Glenda White, CEO of Mediplex Hospice in St. Louis, Missouri, will discuss cultural bias in hospice care. Thank you for tuning in to Stories of Healing, Hope, and the Hospice Journey. We hope that the conversations we've had with experts and caregivers have provided valuable insights and perspectives on end-of-life care. As always, our goal is to promote compassionate and dignified care for those nearing the end of their lives. We encourage you to continue the conversation with your loved ones, healthcare providers, and community about the importance of hospice care. Hospice Care. It's Deer Valley Hospice Care.